0: keep all your entertainment options centered with xfinity x1 access live tv netflix and now hulu and peacock ah streaming zen now that's simple easy awesome go online or call 1-800 xfinity today restrictions apply netflix hulu and peacock memberships required
1: Get grill ready with Walmart. Find all your faves like Oscar Mayer hot dogs, Kraft singles, and Heinz ketchup. Then don't miss your chance to win thousands of hot summer prizes with the Seize the Summer sweeps. There's camping kits, backyard movie packages, gift cards, and more. Summer is what you make it. So get out, get grilling, and get winning with Walmart. No purchase necessary. Legal residents of the 50 United States, including D.C., 18 and older, or 19 for residents of Alabama and Nebraska. Voidware prohibited. Promotion ends 731-2020. For official rules and complete details, visit www.seizethesizzle.com. Sponsor Kraft Heinz Foods Company.
2: This is the Cubs related podcast presented by CubsInsider.com. My name is Corey. I am joined as always by Brendan, and we are coming to you on the evening of Monday, February 17th. You guys hearing this on Tuesday, the 18th, and spring training is in. Almost full swing we we are uh, less than a week out from the game starting but pitchers catchers position players everybody in the Cubs organization is in camp we are getting wonderful photos from the beat writers especially Jordan Bastian who has a wonderful HD camera which all of us on Twitter really appreciate and things are happening so we have a lot to talk about Chris Bryant reported. To Mesa, he reported to Chicago Cubs spring training because, Brendan, get this, he is a member of the Chicago mm, Cubs. Yes, yes, yes. So we will talk about his arrival. He sat with the media and delivered a whale of a press conference. He was quite impressive in about I think it was a, a little under 40 minutes of speaking to the Chicago media. We will talk about some of Hobby Baez's comments uh, from these past few days and the other goings-on in spring training, but Brendan, I want to start simply by reading a quote from the aforementioned Chris Bryant. Today, we, we had everybody in camp. David Ross gave his his big speech to the whole team, kind of really kicking off spring training now that everyone has arrived, and I'm reading this tweet from Patrick Mooney of The Athletic, and he said this, Chris Bryant's takeaway from David Ross's, aka Manager David, uh, we, we need, before I read the quote, we <laughs> (laughs) and we need the beat writers to get it's manager david okay it's not grandpa rossi you can call him david ross if you want it's his full name but it's manager david okay let's get everybody on the same page it's just better to be in sync on that but chris bryant's takeaway from manager david's speech to the 2020 cubs this morning quote i wanted to run through a wall Mm. end quote Mm. Brendan, all aboard the hype train. Chris Bryant is hype. Chris Bryant is ready to burst through a wall for the Chicago Cubs and for manager David. And you know that that means I am too. 100 wins, Corey. That's what that means. I'm ready. I'm full (laughs) in. Forget the 85 wins
1: by Pocota projections. Forget everything else. Forget the 80 win projections. 100 wins.
2: That's all you need to hear, Corey. I, Brendan and I were remarking to each other before we started recording that it's it's funny how easily we can spend three months talking about the luxury tax, oh, yeah. the payroll, and the moves we wish the Cubs had made, and the lack of moves and stuff like that, and worry about this and worry about A that. A few explicit and episodes like, here and there, yeah. Right, right. And give me like two pictures of Bryant and Rizzo and Javi working out in Mesa and... And give me like one video. The Marquee Network Twitter channel posted uh, a good video of Wilson like yelling and pumping his fist oh, yeah. a- after you Darvish finished a bullpen with him. And like after uh, uh, the whole off season of freaking out, give me like three pieces of content, <laughs> and I am all the way back in, ready to predict triple digit wins. Like, let's go. We're winning the division. Forget all the other stuff. I don't care. Go Cubs. We're ready to go. You know,
1: it's so easy. You know what did it for me, though? It was the slow-mo Javi batting practice video. You know you know what I'm talking about? And the bat speed, yeah.
2: the shoes the Javi's wearing, the swagger, like that's what did it for me. Right. And and I think Cubs Twitter was was also mostly in unison on this. It was pretty much like we read, okay, Chris Bryant's ready to run through a wall after listening to Manager David's first big speech Is the Manager of the Chicago Cubs. Okay, we're all back in. Like, I got some tweets I got to delete. Like, we're ready to go. Like, let's <laughs> let's get the season going. But anyway, that aside, uh, look, Chris, Chris Bryant being hype means we all have to be hype. I, that, that, those are just the rules. Chris doesn't always necessarily wear his emotions on his sleeve. Uh, so, hearing something like that means uh, we we all need to get on board, and we need to get on board quickly. So. I, I do want to start with Chris Bryant's uh, presser from Saturday when he arrived to Cubs spring training. Exceptional presser, uh, by the way. That that's how you communicate. Yes, yes, and obviously uh, the rumors still persist. And you know, I, I I don't know that we have a deadline, so to speak, on if we pass this day one hundred percent, there there will be no trade or anything like that. But he is in Chicago Cubs camp. He's wearing a Cubs hat and pullover and things like that. So we are going to proceed uh, with Chris Bryant being a member of the Chicago Cubs. And there was a lot in this press conference, uh, a lot to go over. Um, And I, I think the first place that I would like to start, Brendan, is, is that there was a lot in this press conference that really reiterated and backed up a lot of what you and I have tried to preach on here, uh, a lot of stuff, especially that Evan Altman from CubsInsider.com has written about and talked about for years, and something that you and I spoke about Pretty recently, uh, as it related to some reports that were out there, and especially once the grievance decision came out, and we told you guys the the main point is there is not there is there is no words and have never been any words coming from Chris Bryant's camp suggesting that he does not want to be a member of the Chicago Cubs or that he does not want to finish his career here or that he is not open to signing an extension. And we 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 begged and pleaded with everyone to listen again not not just to us, right, but to all of the sources saying that that was not the case. And you had you know certain people, uh, certain bald people from NBC Chicago, right? You can put two and two together, uh that Have constantly argued to the contrary, and it's just not rooted in reality. And Chris saying specifically, like, I always hear about this extension that was worth north of $200 million, and I never saw that. I did not turn that down. I, I did not see that offer. So I don't know where that comes from. This he was saying on Saturday. He was also saying, I would love to be a Chicago Cub for life. I love playing here. Uh, you know, a direct quote from him, it's fun to talk about the possibility of an extension. I love the city. I love the team. I love the fans, but I don't hold those cards. I just go play. Baseball and do what I do. And he was clearly frustrated, in so much as Chris Bryan can clearly be frustrated at something. Uh, He was clearly frustrated at this notion that he has this big problem with the Cubs organization because of the grievance, or that he wouldn't sign an extension, or that he has turned down a bunch of offers. And again, like you don't have to take it from us, there's a lot of sources out there that have said this same information. Uh, But it was good to really hear him strongly and eloquently address these particular rumors and just make it clear, like, I want to be a Chicago Cub. I am not turning down a bunch of extension offers. And I don't love the talk of me being traded. It was just good to hear him say these things, Brendan. And he didn't need to do that too. Like two recent players
1: for the Cubs, with their contracts coming up, were Jake Arrieta and going a little bit further back, Jeff Samarja. They didn't handle this the same way KB handled this, where that the focus was on trying to clear the air, to communicate that you wanted, and by you, you mean Chris Bryant, that he wanted to stay and wants to stay with the Cubs. He did not have to do that. He could have very easily said he likes his time in Chicago He'll let things play out. And he kind of did, but he made a point of emphasis to communicate for the fans, too. He loves being here, that he wants to stay. And that is something that you rarely see for most athletes, not even in baseball, but other sports as well. And you can tell the frustration on his face. He's pursing his lips. It is eating him up. And when we talk to guys in his camp or you hear reports from those directed uh, with him, this is all a bunch of garbage. The whole notion that he wants to go elsewhere because of this grievance. We've said that for so long now. But to hear Chris actually address this so eloquently, like you said, Corey, that's an MVP. And that's the type of character that the Cubs have been so adamant about acquiring. And that's the type of PR that we've not seen over the past few years from many members of this team and within the organization. That was a picture perfect way to handle something so controversial that's been the primary focus of the Cubs narrative this offseason was Chris Bryant's grievance as a result of years ago possibly delaying his service time that tied into the luxury tax and Chris Bryant in about 35 minutes made it clear a lot of what we were hearing was not true. And to that, you have to
2: commend him. To, to further some direct quotes from Chris, he spoke on the grievance process. And again, you know, th- there were the rumors out there that they had, the Cubs had burned a bridge and that he, he w- there was animosity and stuff. And again, none of that ever came from his camp or anybody in his camp. Uh, And he said directly, there are definitely no hard feelings on either side about the grievance process. I was just trying to do the right thing for the players and see the process through to the end. I respect the organization for all that they've done for me and my family. Like, this is pretty simple stuff here. And, And this is all stuff that was written about. Uh, on, you know, a lot of different outlets and other places. Like, this is exactly what he's doing. He feels, as a top player in the game, a responsibility to the rest of the players in the Players Association to see this process through. He obviously understands that the Cubs were, you know, playing by the rules technically, and that since then, they have avoided arbitration with him. He's made what he deserves not necessarily uh you know, full market value, but through the arbitration process. And the Cubs have not taken, you know, they've, they've avoided arbitration by giving him a, a fair number in each of these years. So these notions that there's this big problem between them just was never really something that was rooted in any fact unless, and, you know, Chris called this out directly, like unless you are believing the people who are just spilling rumors and, and clickbait nonsense onto social media. And, you know, he called that out directly. He talked about how he deleted Twitter uh called it I think directly the worst thing in the world <laughs> uh which you know he's not wrong I spend all day on Twitter but uh, you know he's not wrong about that and uh, again it was just good to hear Chris say a lot of these things and be so strong in them. And and I think that it's it's been hard for a lot of us to deal with these rumors. I, I think I, I definitely speak for Brendan and I, and certainly I think a lot of you, where it's not easy to go through an off season where every day you're worried about whether or not the best player on your team and one of the best players in your organization's history is going to be traded. And to have him back in camp, you know, doing this press conference in his Cubs hat and talking about how much he does love the team and the city and the fans and, and want to be a part of this and continue trying to win a World Series with this group, it it just was very necessary and something that I think we've all been waiting for. And, you know, even as those guys started to trickle into camp last week, it's exciting to see them. I was happy about it. But the entire time I was just like, I need KB in Mesa, in Cubs blue, like I need air to breathe. I just need to see it again, like to to be to put my mind at ease.
1: And he cut his hair a little bit, so he's he's sporting a shorter haircut. That's also not the only thing he's sporting differently, though. He's changed a few things mechanically. Specifically, he's more upright in his batting stance. We've heard from those who are working with him. This is a conscience conscience change that he wants to make. So that's something to monitor in the next few weeks. How does that? look in-game action and will that actually translate to maybe fewer strikeouts on high fastballs. I'm excited to introduce our newest sponsor, Clear. I'm not the greatest at getting to places early, especially when traveling and getting to the airport early enough to avoid that, you know, I miss my flight type of anxiety. Clear helps you get through security faster in 65 plus airports and stadiums across the country, with more being added every day. Start getting through security in just a tap. Clear replaces the need for physical ID cards, using your eyes and fingertips to get you through security because you're the best ID out there. I travel pretty often and Clear has made the process of getting through security so much easier, especially for those early morning flights. You know, you get to the airport around 536. The last thing I want to do is rush and wait in line for 30 to 45 minutes. Instead, I go up, I meet two clear associates, I tap my thumb, getting to the gate without any stress whatsoever. Clear is the absolute best way to get through airport security. It works great with pre-check too. Right now, Listeners of our show get their first two months of clear for free. Go to clearme.com slash CubsRelated and use code CubsRelated. That's C-L-E-A-R-M-E dot com slash CubsRelated. Use code
2: CubsRelated for your free two months of clear. Yeah, it was good to see him working, and as always, that's another one that that's kind of weird. It's it's one of those weird knocks against him, similar to like that he can't hit in the clutch, right? Like, that he doesn't make adjustments. And I've seen that at times. And, you know, not, like, in in big circles. But, like, when at Cubs tweets something or something, like, you'll just see some of those responses about, like, how Chris doesn't make adjustments. And every time I read it, I'm like, of all the people to say that about, uh, you should probably pick somebody that didn't drop his strikeout rate by, what, 15% over the course of his first, like, (laughs) two years in the league? Like, Uh, historical improvement. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, all Chris does is make adjustments, so I, I don't know where that comes from, uh, but there, there's always weird narratives about Chris Bryant, like that he never hits to the opposite field, which isn't true, even though he's a predominant pull hitter, but he does hit to the opposite field. Uh, he does make adjustments all the time. He is some of his, like I just said, some of his adjustments are some of the most impressive that you'll see. Uh, and he's back at it again. And, you know, yeah, as we've seen, uh, that high stuff has, has given him some trouble. So we'll be interesting to see if he's able to make that adjustment and, and what the results are coming from that. But man, Brendan, like, how beautiful the sound of a baseball coming off of Chris Bryant's bat is mm. just so beautiful, and it's really, really great to have that again. Um, Bryant also said during this that he is fine. Uh, he said he feels fine. He feels good. The shoulder, the knee, everything uh, should be good to go. He also spoke a bit. We won't get too deep in the weeds on this, I don't think. Uh, but he did speak on the Houston Astros Saga that that's going on. Uh, and interesting, he was pretty strong in this, Brendan. Uh, and th- this was a different press conference than I think we've ever seen from Chris. And this was like, who is this guy? Like getting getting pretty saucy with uh, this Astros thing. And and I don't blame him. I you know he joins a chorus of other guys that we don't often hear such strong words from. I know Mike Trout talked about it too, uh, and a lot of the players. Seem very pissed. Like I said, I, I don't think we need to devote too much time to the Houston Astros. Uh, as last I checked, this is not the Astros-related podcast. If it was, there would be an asterisk in the name. But uh, it, it's it's just interesting to hear someone like Bryant, who's pretty mild-mannered and like you know, uh, no temper or things like that. Uh, be pretty like P.O. sounding when, when talking about this. And, you know, he, he said directly like it's really a disgrace. Yeah. He says they were pretty obviously cheating uh, and it damages the integrity of the game. Pretty fascinating to hear from someone like Chris Bryant and I think speaks to the larger sentiment of a lot of the players who are not members of the Houston Astros.
1: Yeah, we're fortunate to have Chris Bryant and you Darvish as well. You was talking about the same topic specifically on Twitter. You is Killing it once again. Uh, there was a picture that someone tweeted of the Astros holding up the World Series trophy. You responds with saying that's a beautiful trash can or something of that nature, which is phenomenal stuff. But it just reminded me the last few days reminded me that the Cubs are in a good spot with two guys with you, Darvish, Chris Bryant, both of whom are the most talented or among the most talented at their respected positions and they're good guys too. Very good guys. They've faced adversity in the past two years. Yu Darvish has handled that admirably. Chris Bryant facing adversity right now, some injuries, is handling it admirably. And I'm looking forward to Chris Bryant <laughs> destroying it this year. A healthy KB, a healthy Yu Darvish on the same team. That is what will get the Cubs to over 90 wins. And you see some of the projections, even with Picode and 85 wins, if you can slot in a healthy Chris Bryant and a healthy U Darvish, that win total goes up. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to even expect like a 20% better Chris Bryant for next year. He put up a WRC plus in the 130s last year with half the year dealing with that knee injury, Corey. Imagine what will happen when he's healthy, full on for a full
2: entire year. So I'm pumped up. And Chris ended his press conference with uh, a little more sass. He was, he was clearly, you know, feeling uh, a little sarcastic and stuff, and he walked out said thank you to the Chicago media and said, I hope you guys get a lot of retweets. And yeah, they did. So he's uh, not a big fan of, of Twitter and, uh, you know, kind of what it what it turns a lot of this into. Uh, he also I would be remiss if I didn't mention he he talked about how important uh, having a son on the way was to his perspective on everything and, and certainly in kind of a tougher off season than he's experienced thus far. And it's just a reminder that we are going to be blessed with with baby Bryant content uh, at some point in the next couple months. Uh, So that is definitely something to mark on your calendar. You think we talk about Kevin Rizzo a lot. Oh, you just wait. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But anyway, moving on. Uh, I do want to talk about Javi Baez's comments. Uh, He spoke about player preparedness and the vibe and, and processes going on with this team over the last couple years. It certainly relates to Joe Madden, and it certainly relates to David Ross, uh, Manager David, who is now obviously at the helm. And I, I think that it's uh, a good conversation to have, and, and one that we have on and off talked about for a very long time. And there, basically, uh, I'll read some of Javi's direct words and then we can get into it however we want, Brendan. But I think this is a really important conversation to have because it does... Nothing is a be all end all answer, right? I'll make that clear from the get go. And as usual, basically nothing that happens, uh, with a, a baseball, you know, a professional baseball organization, it can you lay at the feet of one person if you're trying to either blame someone or give them credit for success, right? It, it takes a village, it takes an entire organization to accomplish even the littlest things, right? But, I'll I'll preface with that, but I I think especially in spring training, you know, we're the 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 Cubs have not played a spring training game yet. Uh, We're we're you know we don't know exactly what direction they're going to go with certain roster stuff. I think this is a good conversation to lead us into 2020 and and maybe provide some context to what we've seen over the last couple years. So just to read a couple of the direct quotes uh, from Javi when he spoke with the media he said quote i just feel like a lot of players were doing the same as me they were getting loose during the game you can lose the game in the first inning sometimes when you're not ready and the other team scores by something simple it's because of that we weren't ready he went on to speak about pregame work in 2019 versus what they're going to be doing in 2020 Quote, I was getting ready during the game, which is not good. This year, before the games, we got to be out there as a team, stretch as a team, and be together as a team so we can play together. Further, this one from Patrick Mooney of The Athletic. Remember when the Cubs used to call batting practice eyewash? Javi Baez admits that he did too much of his pregame routine indoors on his own, an issue that David Ross is supposed to fix. I felt like I was getting loose during the first four innings, going back to when he, uh, you know, what he was saying before. Continuing, there was a lot from Baez, and I, and I want to read the direct quotes so that you're hearing it from him and not me paraphrasing. Baez on 2019. It wasn't something bad, but we have a lot of optional things, not mandatory. Everyone kind of sat back on that, including me. I wasn't really going out there and preparing for the game. I was getting ready during the game, which is not good. So that's a lot. It's a lot to take in, and you know, again, like this is just Javi looking back. It's it's not a be all and all answer. There's a lot to dissect in this, but what I want to point out first is do not read any of those quotes as Javi or any of the other players being lazy, being careless, uh, not putting in the effort, or anything like that, because I don't at all think that's the case, and I don't think that that is what was happening and this there there the, a uh, friend of the podcast jeff everson had a, a nice thread on this which which kind of uh inspired my thinking on it and what he talked about was it it's not an a, a laziness thing it's not a lack of caring it's not even necessarily thinking like oh we won the world series in 2016 we can do whatever we want right i'm javi Baez. no what it is is they are playing 162 games a year, they are playing at a very high level. Every day, every other day, they are going up against another team that is exceptionally prepared with very talented players. You know, we've seen stretches for this team where one day they'll face Max Scherzer, then the next day they'll fly to Los Angeles and face Clayton Kershaw and things like that. And it's it's a very difficult non-stop game. This isn't like some other sports where there's a lot of off days in between each or it's half the games or a third of the games, whatever whatever. whatever it is. And sometimes it is difficult to be able to, so to speak, like see the forest from the trees, right? To pull back and say, Hey, you know what? Like this process that we're in isn't working anymore, or it's, it's not giving us good results. And this process that led to a lot of success for us as a team in the early years of Joe Madden's tenure maybe isn't yielding those same results or or maybe we need something different. And and so there's a lot of different angles to take on these quotes. But the first thing, and, and I'll throw it to you, Brendan, here is It's not a laziness or lack of caring thing. I can assure you that every day that Javi Baez steps onto the field, he is willing to die to win the game for the Chicago Cubs. He is going to go all out. We've seen him play through a ton of injuries, through everything. So it's not that. It's just that sometimes you get into habits that you don't realize they're not good ones, Right away, or or, you know, uh, until it's a little too late.
1: Did you know Geico's now offering an extra 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies? That's 15% on top of what Geico could already save you. So, what are you waiting for? Your teenager to help around the house? Okay, Mom, I emptied the dishwasher, vacuumed the basement, and folded the sheets out of the dryer. Wait, what? Oh, and next, I'm gonna clean Mitten's litter box. Are we in
0: some kind of prank show or something? That's a camera, isn't it?
1: There's never been a better time to switch to GEICO. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Limitations apply. Visit GEICO.com for details.
0: I've been riding a motorcycle for 52 years. I started having back pain that turned into the knee pain. I couldn't even sit on a motorcycle. I was like, oh, man, you I going to have to give up riding bikes. Kaiser Permanente, they decided I needed a hip replacement. So I was going to do it through outpatient surgery. <laughs> Panned out great. Recovered overnight was home by 11 o'clock the next morning. I'm glad I made the choice for Kaiser Permanente. I'm enjoying life.
1: Every medical case is unique. Kaiser Foundation Health Plan in the Mid-Atlantic States, 2101 East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland, 20852. At first, when you hear Javi talk about like the last two years in that fashion, it is a little jarring, and you kind of think, okay, well, if you're saying this now, why didn't she go and fix that the last two years? But as you're saying, it's hard to really reflect and get out of that consistent mindset when you're so entrenched on a day-to-day basis. And when you take a step back, you realize what went right, what went wrong, and you come to realizations of what you need to do to get better. And I think too, like Madden's philosophy of less is more and hands off, that's not a bad thing. And at times, it's a good thing. And with David Ross, the energy, the enthusiasm, the motivation, the accountability, that's not a bad thing either. And it's, in many examples, a good thing as well. I don't think comparing Ross's philosophy and Madden's philosophy as good versus bad, I'm uncomfortable doing that because there are pros and cons to both Ross's and Madden's philosophies. And the way the game has evolved, over the last five years, especially with Madden's tenure with the Cubs. It's completely different from when he took over this team in 2015. We're seeing teams across the board implement all these new stack cast measurements, even down in like single A and rookie ball. That was never the case five years ago. And now with the emphasis on bringing in like biomechanics and all of this fancy video software and all these new data the game is different. And I think it's okay to say that what Madden was doing the past two years, it just wasn't effective. And I don't think Madden in particular, in this stage of the Cubs development, was the right call. And it sucks to say that because like, I'm the biggest Madden fan. I still read a lot of what he's saying with the Angels right now because I genuinely appreciate some of his wisdom. I I really do. But the way the game has evolved, Madden is just probably not the right person for this gig. And when you combine Ross's new emphasis on accountability and his new emphasis on preparation and in-game simulation with all these new infrastructure tools, the new growing pitch lab, having Craig Breslow on as a more full-time role to take control of the pitching uh, infrastructure, to have Justin Stone change how things are done from top to bottom for the hitters in the organization. You're going to get new tools and it's okay to have that optional and but you expect the players to take advantage of that. But with Madden, if he were to stay at the realm in 2020, and you have these new tools, he's been preaching less is more, fewer batting practice sessions, etc. And that did work for a few years. But this changed the way of thinking, to bring these guys to the next stage. We've talked about this for the past year and a half. How do you get these players to their next phase of development, this is a new strategy. It's not a for sure thing. It's not going to say like every single player is going to benefit from this. But there may be instances where certain guys do actually benefit from this, from having that accountability and all these new tools and mandatory batting practice sessions, or changing the way guys are talking with one another because of the mandatory activities. That could be a good thing. And at the end of the day, I, I just... I, even, even myself, I always get caught up in, Oh, Ross's new philosophy is the absolute best. And Madden was actually wrong. Like, I don't, I don't think it's that simple. And I think if you can marry together some of Madden's core philosophies with some of Ross's new core philosophies, that's, that's where a lot of the success will come. And I'm excited, Corey. Like, I think that's at the end of the day, when you hear Ross and you hear Chris Bryant talk, with such enthusiasm about getting to work, even Kyle Hendricks said the same thing. How they're excited and they're fired up to go out there from day one and train. Like you can't help but be pumped up hearing that, and it's going to be a good
2: thing. It's going to be a fun thing to follow. Absolutely, and and I I definitely agree. I don't think this is black and white one way or the other, and I think. That a lot of this was kind of apparent. It didn't, we didn't need to 100% hear it from Javi, but obviously hearing it from one of the players directly does provide a lot more context to it. But over the last couple of years, we've heard about Theo getting more hands on and, and things, you know, maybe just not seeming 100% on the same page as it related to the front office, the players, Joe Madden, as the, the tenure went on. And so to have the context from one of the players, I think, helps us understand that. And coming from Javi, I think, is the perfect person to hear it from, right? Because we always talk about how perfect Joe was for the 2015 and 2016 teams especially. And it's not made up. There, there was a lot of that. Success that was because of some of Joe's more hands off and like let the guys be their guys. And Javi is perhaps the best example of that. How many times have we read on this podcast quotes from Joe Madden where he says almost verbatim, I am not going to coach the excitement out of Javi Baez, right? Something to that effect. He must have said it a hundred times when he was the manager of the Chicago Cubs. And That is what allowed Javi to be El Mago, to be the player that he is today, right? Like he's not taking all those extra bases. He's not doing all those crazy plays in the field and the no-look tags and, and all the stuff that makes him who he is today if he has a manager who's benching him every time he gets thrown out on the bases, trying to steal an extra one, yeah, or someone who's not loving when he steals home, right? And he's taking these crazy risks. And that is what Joe Madden allowed him to do. But the issue becomes, right? And I think we saw this, letting Javi be Javi allowed him to reach his potential and become this player. But the game doesn't stop. Development doesn't stop. Adjustments don't stop. Getting ready for yeah. the next season, the next day doesn't stop. And like we talked about, I think toward the end of the, the tenure for Joe Madden, I, I don't think either Brendan or I had a screw Joe Madden. You know, he's terrible. He's wrong. He's bad. Like you said, Brendan, it, it you know, it, it's not that his philosophy was necessarily wrong or bad. It's all about timing. And and the the team you have in place at at that moment and what that team needs and it just I don't think anymore is what Joe Madden does and I think it's 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 really that simple and and we talked a lot about how maybe just a change and and a different voice and a different philosophy a different paradigm if you will might really help this team. And I think that these comments too, you know, where Javi saying, you know, sometimes they didn't feel ready and, you know, sometimes they, you know, were maybe taking advantage of some of the lax policies too much or, you know, just not being as dialed in as they wanted to be. Like, I, I, again, it's not a, it's not a be all end all answer. And, and again, to reiterate, just because it was Joe's philosophy doesn't mean that the players don't bear responsibility. The front office doesn't bear responsibility for not noticing it or changing it, whatever, right? but it 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 think of how many times we talked about this on here and how many times you guys must have asked it watching the games yourselves how many times you were watching especially last year and just thought to yourself something isn't right about this team like what is off about this team why are they so bad on the base on the bases why are they so sloppy On defense, why do they seem to fall behind so frequently and just like look flat in so many of these games when the roster isn't all that much different than a team that was the best at defense, the best at base running, right? And, and constantly just like showed up looking like they were ready to kill in a lot of those games. And again, this isn't a be all end all answer to that. Uh, and you know, you're obviously more able to assess this with hindsight and and being able to kind of look back and diagnose this but hearing this especially from javi does make you go i think at least a little bit like oh okay like <laughs> no, it you know it, it's not something that you you put david ross in and all of a sudden it's changed and they're back to being the best base running team in the world like maybe Manager David's philosophy, you know, has flaws in it as well. He hasn't managed a game yet. So, you know, we can't just say that it works. But hearing a lot of this, like it does give you kind of an aha moment to why some of that last season looked the way it did and and why so many times we had to come on here and say guys I don't know what is going on with this team but I swear they should be better than this <laughs> right like yeah, they're, they they we eat. said all the time like I really don't think they should be in this tight of a race with the Cardinals and Brewers and winning 84 games like I just don't get it why this is happening like and we said so many times too, Brendan, like, I don't necessarily think this is the best team in the league and that they should be winning 120 games, but 84 and being the, the, one of the worst base running teams in the league, a bad defensive team. Like, I, I don't get why this is happening. And this starts to at least paint a little bit of a picture for you. And what we've heard, these early returns in spring training, is that things are are already different and they are going to be different under manager David.
1: Also, when we look at how the Cubs and some of the young guys have developed over the last three years, it has been slower. Hendricks, or rather, uh, not Hendricks, Schwarber, it took him a little bit of time to get to the stage where we're comfortable slotting him in almost on a daily basis. It took him about two and a half years you have to ask yourself the question, when these guys come up, when they came up in 2015 and 2016, they had immediate success. And we talked about this throughout the last year and a half, but there came a time where the league adjusted and the guys could not adjust back. That was true for almost everyone involved. It was true for Ian Happ, true for Schwarber, true for Addison Russell at the time, true for Wilson Contreras for 2018. And we're left questioning, why is this happening? And for Madden's philosophy, it was, let them be who they are. They will adapt. They will get through this. But seeing Almora after 2019, that's not, that's not an acceptable answer anymore. When you have someone like Al who struggled for almost the entirety of the last two years, to him, that's not an acceptable answer. He's the one who said he was in a bad mental space at the end of last year because of the failures. So if someone goes up to you and you failed for two years and they tell you, you know what, just keep doing what you're doing, the results will come. You're not going to believe it. There comes a point where you stop trusting the process. So how do you change the process? You got to bring in a completely new environment. And that's what Ross represents. It's a new environment coupled with two new infrastructures on the hitting side and the pitching side. and we keep stressing this, but that's in theory, that should translate to more results or at least change the way guys go about the process that could lead to more results. What has happened in the past two years has not been working. And as Hendricks said, at the time when Joe came in, and this is what he said, quote, when Joe came in, that was 100% what was needed at the time. Obviously, it had to going in a certain way. And when Joe came here, it was like, oh my God, this is awesome. The thing he's saying, the freedom, this is what we need. But then Hendricks went on to say in a paraphrase that now Ross is what they need. And this is the absolute best and right decision. So I think that's what it comes down to is you have like a two year window, which was 2018 and 2019, where Madden's processes, they may have had benefits for certain guys, but it's hard to look at certain players and persistently saying the same things. Like that's not going to, that's not going to, that's not going to be effective for so many people. They're going to stop believing and trusting that type of process especially when your manager says that the process is fearless but for two years it hasn't been fearless you got to change things up i think for the angels like madden could be a very good voice in that clubhouse a, a, a change that was needed for them likewise the cubs needed this change they needed a way to get their guys to the next phase rapidly the the development stalled for two years. That was unacceptable. They got to get these guys back on track to optimize, to get a lot of the young guys to their ceiling. And I think this will do it.
2: Especially, too, we talked and and a lot of people talked about how, especially in 2019, the, the team just felt like they didn't have that edge. They just didn't have that killer instinct. And I know that, like, Jed Hoyer has has said things to that effect pretty specifically a lot. And you see even in these early, this they, they've barely been there a week in spring training, but you can already see some of the things that manager David has implemented that are kind of designed to curb this. One thing we've seen is uh, he has some of the more veteran players paired up with some of the younger players. We've seen Jose Quintana kind of paired up with Adbert Alzulai and other I- examples of that where guys are kind of, you know, mentoring or at least just kind of like imparting that wisdom, so to speak, on, on some of the younger guys that haven't necessarily been around as much. They're already taking live BP with umpires like in, yeah, in the cool. first week, which is just not something that we've seen them do all the time, especially this early. Like they have showed up to this camp ready to go and putting that emphasis on competing at the highest level, you know, not necessarily like easing into things, but like showing up and being like, look, we need to be on it from day one, focusing on everything and going as hard as we can to get the most out of this group and find that killer instinct and, and have it from day one, even before we're playing a spring training game. And there was a good quote, uh, from the Orange County Register that came out, uh, that I, that I think sums up Basically the the difference here And again I'll, I'll say it again It doesn't mean that this is bad it, it, it This may be a very good philosophy for the Angels who are in a completely different space And and time As an organization than the Cubs are uh, But the, the tweet read this Joe Madden says in spring training he leaves all The pitching decisions to Mickey Calloway And all the lineups to bench coach Mike Gallego what's left for Madden Madden said quote intellectualizing The day and riding My bike again <laughs> Not bad. And in 2015-2016, the Cubs so desperately needed a manager that was not going to put too much pressure on a roster that was extremely young and dealing with the burden of a very long World Series drought and just let their talent shine through. And that is exactly what he did. But when we look at where this offseason has has taken us, the 2019 team finishing in third place, missing the playoffs, coming off a disappointing end to the 2018 season, does that quote sound like what the Chicago Cubs need right now? And the answer is no. Right. I, I think the answer is very clearly no. It doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean Joe Madden is bad. Of course it doesn't. But that is just not the space that this team needs to be in. The space that they need to be in feels a lot closer to, hey, Javi, you're going up against Tyler Chatwood in live BP today, or you're going up against Adbert Alzali in live BP today. There's going to be an umpire. Let's get after it. That's what I think they need. And again, Manager David has not managed a single game. They haven't played a spring training game. They certainly haven't played any real games. So I don't want anyone to think that we are just assuming that, boom, we found the solution, like, perfect, put Manager David in the Hall of Fame as a player and a manager, right? Like, no, but I think it's easy to see why change was needed, and I think even in these first few days of spring training, it really does feel from an outside perspective and certainly hearing all of the quotes from the players that this is what they needed. This is the structure that they needed and that that emphasis is being put very heavy on coming to work every day with the edge to win and to compete and to be prepared. And it it, it feels like what this team needed. And, you know, again, like if, if they are better prepared and they're, uh, you know, a bit better on the bases. They're a bit cleaner on defense. You know, how many wins does that translate to if you had manager David in the 2019 team season? Like, does that team win 90 games? Do they win 85 games instead of 84? I don't know, right? Like, it's hard to calculate these things and, and figure those things out. But what you're trying to curb, I believe is that feeling of why is this team not playing to their potential and why is a team that whose you know pythag record and who's just like general talent feels better than 84 and you and i brendan talk all the time about cleaning up on the margins right if you're not going to go out and get garrett cole to just make the roster infinitely better and anthony rendon and and guys like this or bryce harper or machado the offseason before you have to clean up these margins. And they didn't do a lot of that roster-wise this offseason either, but this is one of those areas where you hope that these changes and, and these paradigm shifts can help you on those margins and and improve those things. And, you know, you go back and replay last season if, if the base running is a little cleaner in a few of those games, if the defense is not as sloppy in a few of those games, Right maybe things play out differently and maybe that's the the edge and the change that this team really needs it remains to be seen but but i think from not really knowing what to expect exactly when ross was hired and what it would look like and you know obviously having even knowing the change was was necessary having that You know, still like some doubt, like, man, Joe Madden has been awfully successful, uh, for this team. And they literally won the World Series with him, uh, back in 2016. If, if you, the Cubs did win the World Series and yes, yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, just to clarify, you know, even with that, like this feels like they are on the right path for this group that they have for the roster that they have and and to hopefully let that top level talent win out in the end it it feels like they are on a good track in the first what six days of spring training here it's hard not to get excited because of that because
1: you know the cubs pythag record last year equated to 91 wins a seven win difference which is insane to think about and i I, I do bring this up, I feel like once or twice a year, because it does reflect why this game is so dumb and fluky and random at times. But a third of the league, if you can predict with 100% certainty the run differential for every team, a third of those teams will miss their mark by five wins. So if you have a perfect projection system, I want to say it again a perfect projection system, a third of your projections will miss the mark by five wins. That speaks of volume to cleaning up the margins. It speaks of volume to what the Cubs could do in 2020. Now, you look at the projections right now. Again, Pocota has them at 85 wins. Last year is around 80 to 82 wins. Already better than last year because of improvements from guys like Schwarber, guys like Wilson Contreras. But take the same mindset. You have an 85-win projected team. What if you clean up the margins. What if some of the guys who have been injured last few years, and as a result, their projections have been a little bit worse, what if those guys stay healthy? And on top of that, what if you clean up some of the lackadaisical defense, some of the dumb errors, some of the sloppiness that we saw the last year? In 2016, the Cubs only gave up a run in the first inning about once every four games, okay? A 23% rate. Last year, though, That jumped up to 33%. So once every three games then, the Cubs gave up a run in the first inning. And they made the fourth most errors in the league last year. They were only behind in the National League to Clint Hurdle's Pittsburgh Pirates. And for a championship caliber team, that doesn't make any sense. And that's why when we were going on the, on, on air last year, questioning what was happening, it didn't make any sense to us. So if you clean up those margins, if you play the way that we know this team is capable of playing, it's really not out of the realm of possibility that this is a surefire division winner. And I know they made no moves. I know that's frustrating, but it doesn't exclude the fact that you have Chris Bryant, you have Javi Bias, you have Wilson Contreras, you have perhaps a better Ian Hap. Perhaps you have a consistent Kyle Schwarber. You have you Darvish healthy for a full year. You have John Lester making, tr- like you can see, you can go down this rabbit hole of how the Cubs could be better. But for me, that's not crazy to think about because again, if you can go out there and play the way that you're expected to play, then you're not going to miss your mark by seven wins as you did last year. Not only that, you may prevent more runs, you may have a better run differential, and you may end up winning 95 games. Okay, It's not that crazy. The Washington Nationals last year, they were a below 500 team for the first several weeks of the season. Dave Martinez's job was in danger. Their projections for the year weren't even that great. They won the World Series against a cheating loser Houston Astros ball club. Why? They had a lockdown bullpen, good defense, athletic, loss of contact, all the traits the Cubs are trying to acquire for this year. And I don't think it's crazy to think that they, that they can do this. I'm excited to see them do this. I think right now, Ross, he's implementing strategies from day one to get them to that
2: next stage, Corey. This offseason didn't play out how we'd like, but you know this is the group that they have. This is where we are. And I, I think it's okay to take an honest assessment of that. Like I, I don't think... I'm not expecting this team to go pole to pole and, and, you know, be the best team in the league or, uh, you know, guarantee them to win the division. But I, with what they have and with the, the situation with the, the payroll and, you know, whatever that is as it is, I, I like the direction that things are going. I, I think that the changes look good. I think the players seem to be buying into those changes, which is always important. And I'm excited to see what some of the, the top guys on this team are able to do and if they're they're able to kind of carry this team and uh, if any of these role players and some of these other guys can can step up and, and, and make things interesting. And that brings us to, we, we did have a little bit of news uh, since we last spoke, uh, and that was Jason Kipnis signing a minor league deal invite to spring training. So he is in the fold. Uh, An interesting option, you know, again, like we'll, we'll see how he performs. I think there's a, a lot of discussion about that second base position and how things are going to shake out for that. And certainly uh, an interesting name to bring in a veteran. He talked today on Monday about wanting to be around and work with Nico Horner. And, you know, kind of share his experiences and being a veteran and, and, you know, talk with him about playing second base and things like that. So that's always a good thing and something I mentioned before. But, you know, I think getting some of these young guys with some of those older guys, I think we can imagine how important Ben Zobrist was to a lot of these young guys coming up. And uh, I think having those guys around who have, been around the game and experienced the highs and the lows like Jason Kipnis has, uh, I think is always important. And Brendan, this is crazy. I was just looking <laughs> at his Wikipedia page. Uh, did you know he was from Northbrook, Illinois? I had no idea, Corey. No idea. No idea. I, they, they, they must not have mentioned that during the 2016 World Series, which is actually another wild tidbit. If you watch the GIF, on like MLB.com or wherever, when Ben Zobrist hits the go-ahead double in the 10th inning of Game 7 of the World Series that the Cubs go on to win. win when the World he World gets Series, to yes. second base and jumps in the air and is celebrating and uh looking over at Rizzo, he... Behind him in the frame is actually Jason Kipnis. Can you believe that? And believe I, I'm I'm thinking, man, like apparently he grew up a, a Cubs fan. That must have been really weird for him. And it's it's just so surprising to me that uh, Joe Buck uh, didn't didn't bring up that angle at all in in the 2016 World Series. Yeah, I was shocked too. But 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 seriously, like Kipnis, it is cool
1: to see him react to being a Cub. And he was talking about even just the jersey, where he was saying he can't stop smiling because he has a Cubs jersey on. So we can make fun of Kipnis. And you know we always joke about the Cubs winning the World Series, which again happened in 2016, this century, unlike other teams, especially in Los Angeles, who have not won this century. We always joke about that, but it is cool. And for the Cubs, they need a second baseman, man, like badly. They need that depth. So I'll be rooting for Kipnis hard. And I hope that some of the changes that the Cubs are making to their team will actually benefit Jason Kipnis. And hopefully, you know, someone like Daniel Descalso can benefit as well. David Bodie can take the next step and you have three formidable options at second base. That's my dream.
2: Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. Uh and uh, just for clarity because you never know with these things. Uh Joe Buck said that Jason Kipnis was from Northbrook probably a billion times in those seven games. So I was definitely being sarcastic. Please don't tweet at me uh <laughs> that, that that I missed that. He said that Jason Kipnis was from Northbrook and grew up a Cubs fan and it had to be every time he stepped to the plate at least uh so <laughs> and then so yes uh, i'm very i'm very well aware of of that but it's always a good reminder and something to clarify that no matter what jason kipnis was a member of the 2016 cleveland indians who lose the world series lose, in 7 yes. games to the to, the, to yeah. the chicago cubs that he is now a member of yeah. it's very important and something that you should always keep uh, clarity on in your daily life and otherwise. So, I I think that's about the lay of the land here. Uh, I think by the time we speak next, the Cubs will be playing spring training games, so we will have some performances to dig into and things like that. As always, we will get back on with you here if something major happens that we. Absolutely, need to clarify. Uh, But I do also want to, you know, say again, like, as we head into these games, remember, like, it's just spring training. We've seen guys have crazy performances that don't pan out that way in the regular season. We've seen guys have bad performances in spring training that show up and play just, you know, at the high level that they always do once the season actually gets going. So, you know, try to take things in stride and remember that, that throughout this process, things can change. You know, someone like Tyler Chatwood, for example, may not go out there in his first start and unload exactly the plan and pitching strategy that he may be employing once he's on the mound in a regular season game. These guys are working on stuff. Sometimes pitchers are trying new pitches and trying to get them into the fold. Hitters are making adjustments all the time. So we take it day by day and, you know, we try not to necessarily read too much into any one thing uh, and just sort of take a, a big picture approach to it. But I think uh, you guys know that by now, and we'll see how things play out, but I I think it was a a very interesting first week here, a noteworthy week, and it's always interesting to me how quickly, like, the, the narrative and the feeling around this team felt really bad at times During this offseason, and in a lot of ways, justifiably so. Uh, but you get these guys in camp, you start hearing from them directly, you know, rather than through the media or through just their social media or things like that. And you start to see some of these things coming together. And it's always fascinating how quickly that can kind of change your perspective on things. And, you know, again, we'll see how this all plays out, but it's really good. To hear the the ball off the bat again, hear the the snap of the leather when these guys are playing catch, and just see these guys in Chicago Cubs uniforms again over the weekend. We saw, I think it was a a, a team of Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Ian Happ, and John Lester, as Anthony put it Joy, in his yes. Instagram caption so eloquently. Uh, I think he spelled it J O W N, John. Lesta, Lesta with an H at the yep. end, an A-H at the end. Uh, so that's canon now. I don't make the rules on that. But it's, it's just good to see these guys together, to see them on a baseball field, and just be back kind of in the swing of Cubs baseball. So we will see how it all plays out. We will monitor it all together uh and you know whether you're kind of like us and you're getting a little more excited buying in a little bit more by the day or you're still looking at this roster going i you know don't see how they're going to improve on last year <laughs> either way we're all in this together i think we all just want the cubs to be good and uh we will talk with you guys next week so as always thank you for listening to the cubs related podcasts thank you for leaving those five-star reviews and comments on Apple Podcasts especially. But wherever you listen to your podcasts, we will talk to you next week. And as always, Go Cubs!
0: keep your whole home running like clockwork from the office to the game room with xfinity internet you'll get the best in-home wi-fi experience with reliable speed and coverage now that's simple easy awesome go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more restrictions apply It's your home speaking, and I need you to do me a couple of favors. First, could you get that blueberry that rolled under the fridge last week? It's throwing my
1: feng shui off. Second thing, bundle your home and car insurance with GEICO. It's easy, and we could save money. Lastly, I know you were thinking of painting the
0: nursery back to off-white, but I'm actually feeling this baby blue. Didn't think it was my
1: color, but I am pulling it off. GEICO. For bundling made easy, go to geico.com today.